Invitations can change your life. How you respond to an invitation can change the course of your life. Welcome to Heart Talk with me, Dr. Charles Lee. A heart surgeon by profession and a philanthropist by nature, Dr. Gokhale and his whole team of surgeons, nurses, sisters are here on this road of recovery for those of us who have had heart bypass. It is my pleasure and my honour to welcome Dr. Gokhale. Dr. Gokhale, welcome to Heart Talk. Thank you, sir. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. First successful human-to-human -human transplant in 2004. First successful lung transplantation in September 2012. Successful heart transplantation on a 69-year-old man, oldest man in India, pioneer in minimal access heart surgery. Tell me, as a surgeon to another, to be able to take a heart out of one patient and place it and transplant it into another and get that to see that heart beating must be the pinnacle of your yes. medical career. Yes. yes. Tell me that moment, sir. What's it like for you? Yeah. Till that moment, it was there in the books. We have seen it happening. But once you do that, you get a feeling that yes, you could do something to your people and uh, what has not been available for a long time, we could bring it to the local area so that people with the problem can get benefited. So far, we have been leaving these patients to just God. We are not doing anything. Now, at least there is another thing that can be done which we could not do before. Now, see a patient who is going to die in a few hours, a few days time, getting up, walking around, and then taking care of his family, do everything like all of us. So difficult sometimes to say, who underwent a heart transplant if you get that person among us. So looking at those people, it gives a joy which we cannot explain, we can only feel. Well, what made you take up heart transplant? I mean, what was there in your career that you said, I want to go ahead and do this heart transplantation? I mean, what led you to that direction? Oh, yeah, see, I got trained in heart transplant, lung transplant program at St. Vincent, Sydney in uh, 1992 i went there st vincent st vincent sydney right. australia right that time they were they were doing the largest number of heart and lung transplants in australia and seeing those people recover from their deathbed walking around oh my god these people are doing it why can't we do it why can't it happen to our people here uh, that's the time and it took me almost from 1992 to 2004 Imagine 12 years to make it happen here. Once I came back, I was uh, looking at uh, stabilizing my practice, establishing myself, looking at the opportunity to take it to the next level. I mean, you see, we have to know that if we do the same thing as everyone is doing, we have not added value right. to our life, right. to this world. Right. I mean, just coming and going is not everything. Sure. I mean, by making things happen, taking it one step forward, I mean, it gives an immense satisfaction that we have done our part in this life. In this life. I mean, I always wanted to do heart transplant. When it happens in Australia and America, why not in India? Why not in my place? Right. And when it happened, I know I could do something. Fantastic. You know, um, I noticed that the philosophy in your practice and that too in the hospital is know your heart. Know your heart. Okay. And as a doctor myself, it's the last thing I ever, want, I ever put in my calendar. I mean, you know, we, I'm a plastic surgeon, I mean, we go out there, we see our patients and knowing your heart, in the medical profession at least, it's, it's something that, you know, and if it happens in a, to a doctor, what more the layman on the street? 
And the reason why I ask this is because now there is this move towards educating the public. I know you are a, a chairman of a charitable trust uh, that looks after the health and the, and the welfare of these patients, and I thank God for that. But tell me, um, how important is it to know your heart? To the ordinary layman. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. See, in this life, we take everything for granted. We only look for what we don't have. We often forget what we have. And the most important in this life, of course, is our health. You have health, you can do everything in the world. You can do everything. If someone can do something, I can do. If I can do something, anyone can do. It is possible only if we are healthy. Everything else can be created around that. But we take it for granted and we only request God to give us some this, that, always craving after things, forgetting to take care of what we have. And I keep seeing so many people coming here and then the young people at the peak of their life and suddenly they get a stroke, the whole family is devastated. Then suddenly you want to work on that. It's already too late. Of course, better late than never. But the only way we can make people stay, do things what they want in life, enjoy this world is only if we can help them to stay healthy. But uh, same thing, a stitch in time saves nine. I mean, people have told us but we always think of all this. Uh, yeah. People keep talking and uh, I'm right. fine, I'm healthy, everything is fine. And you don't put enough time to stay healthy. True. To pass an exam, we study for years. Yes. To get a job, we run around do so many things. Right. To send a ch our child to a good school, right. we go around and do so much groundwork. Right. But to stay healthy, what groundwork are we doing? We think it is, a, it, it is just the responsibility of God or our people. Yeah. So I think it is time that we know something about our health, then work on that. When I say know your heart, you know, people take heart more serious than any other organ. And I'm also a heart specialist. I cannot tell keep your kidney healthy or brain healthy. What we say when we say keep your heart healthy, that helps the, all organs in the body to stay healthy. What we talk about all things which one need to do to stay healthy for the heart, helps all the organs, it's overall health. Right. Even though as a heart specialist, how to say that keep your heart healthy, but what we talk when we say keep your heart healthy, it helps kidneys, it helps the brain, it helps the um, lungs, all the organs, if we follow these things, it keeps them healthy so that we can live longer, take care of our people, enjoy this beautiful world. Life comes only once, we don't know Absolutely. what happens next. I mean, I, I fully agree with that, life comes only once. And, uh, but tell me, having what, I mean, in your record, it's more than 6,000 open heart surgeries and now I think it's nearly 10,000. What is the pattern of coronary heart disease? Is it the same in India? Is it the same in Malaysia? Is, the same, is it the same pattern everywhere else? I mean, I've been in Hyderabad now for, what, three days? And I've been eating your Hyderabad granny. <laughs> and they tell me, uh, watch it, watch it. And I say, no, no, Dr. Gokhare is in town. <laughs> But, uh, but as I was walking along the street, everything is in oil, you know, they are frying everything in oil along the streets. And I was telling my colleagues, I said, no wonder he's busy, you know. And uh, so is there a pattern of disease that is characteristic of, you know, which is different in other cases? Oh, is it the same? No, the pattern is getting uh, different in this country. See, I worked in Australia, I worked in America, we have seen so many people there. But generally, the disease in those countries happens after the age of 65, 60 years. Then slowly they get the problem, they come here. And then they have a nice huge blood vessels, 
heart function is often good when you do bypass surgery they do well but here in india younger and younger people are getting affected i have done a 22 year old person underwent bypass surgery with me i'm sure that would not happen anywhere in the america or australia just like that we have done a few cases right. at least 30 40% of my patients are below the age of 50 years really yeah. See, there are certain issues. The Indians, the arteries are small, and we have some problem like uh, good cholesterol levels are low, and the type of food we are eating these days. Previously, we were suffering from malnutrition, undernutrition. Now, the food, the, the improving economy, people right. are eating too much. Yeah. I can see, relate to that. Yeah, yeah. I see, the way you that. said, no biryani. Once you stop, you can't stop it. Yes. It's so delicious. Yes. But but then you know, see, all the good things in the world are dangerous to us. <laughs> in fact, when the chef came, they become too much. I told the chef, I said, "You got some drugs inside here." <laughs> <laughs> and he had a good laugh. He said, "No, no, no, no. It's the best in the world." I said, "Yeah, but it's also the best in the world with your heart." You know, the best in the world means it's obviously the worst for the health. Yeah, anything, right anything attractive <laughs> is dangerous. Absolutely. So similarly, our people have got certain issues compared to others, and the genetic predisposition, the stress our people are going through. See the. India is one of the few countries where there is a explosion of growth. When you say explosion of growth, you think oh, you calculate in the terms of how much people are earning, how many cars are there, but the stress behind puts a lot of pressure. About 30% of people are diabetics, 30% of people have got hypertension. Sometime back, one of the newspapers did a study on overall health of about 3,000 people in Hyderabad, right. and they found only 30% are healthy. 70% really? have diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, smoking, already a treatment for heart disease. Right. Well, you see, that, that is the extent of the problems we are facing. Mm -hmm. You know, diabetes and sure. hypertension are sure. mother for all the problems. Right. If we do the same thing as everyone is doing, we have not added value right. to our life, right. to this world. But just coming and going is not everything. Sure. Or by making things happen, taking it one step forward, it gives an immense satisfaction that we have done our part in this life. In this life. But I always wanted to heart transplant. When it happens in Australia and America, why not in India? Why not in my place? And when it happened, I know I could do something. take everything for granted. We only look for what we don't have. We often forget what we have. And the most important in this life, of course, is our health. You have health, you can do everything in the world. You can do everything. If someone can do something, I can. If I can do something, anyone can do. It is possible only if we are healthy. To pass an exam, to study for years. To get a job, we run around, do so many things. To send a child, our child to a good school, we go around and do so much groundwork. But to stay healthy, what groundwork are we doing? We think it is, a, it, it is just the responsibility of God or our people. So I think it is time that we know something about our health, then work on that. When we say keep your heart healthy, it helps kidneys, it helps the brain, it helps the um, lungs. All the organs, if we follow these things, it keeps them healthy so that we can live longer, take care of our people. It's just this beautiful world.
Life comes only once. We don't know Absolutely. what happens next. I mean, I, I, I fully agree with that. Life comes only once. Coming to the, the, the causes, you know, for example, diabetes, yeah. high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Now, what I want to ask you is this, that, you know, if someone has got a high cholesterol and he's got diabetes, are these parameters running parallel or are they all converging on the heart and causing problems in the coronary arteries? I mean, how does this pattern work? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this now because my cholesterol has been normal for the last six, seven years. But I was overweight. I was 100 kgs one and a half years ago. I had high blood pressure for the last five, six years. And I'm, I'm coming to this next question is that um, when my brother, you know, members of the family had angioplasties and all that, I was continually asked, get your heart checked. And I met my cardiologist and he said, Charles, you go and do a CT angiogram and if there is a small percentage block, what are you going to do about it? Do you put a stent in or do you just wait? So this is the, the, the yeah. dilemma, the dilemma, dilemma. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I don't know what it is to have a chest pain. I don't know what it is to have anything concern, concerning the heart. And uh, so I want to ask you that uh, if someone has high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, but on medication, everything is controlled, when do you do a CT angiogram? Yeah. Very good. You ask lots of questions. The first thing I would say is, in general, in India, anyone more than 40 years of age, we tell them to go for master health checkups. Whether you have symptoms or not, forget about it. Once in two to three years, get all the checkups. Do a treadmill, check your cholesterol, check your blood pressure because about one third of the patients with the diabetes or high blood pressure, they don't know that they have it. When they go to the doctor for something else, this comes out. And often it is already late. So like this, you need to go for checkups earlier. You need to do that. And whenever, what your uh, doctor said, he said, suppose they do CT angiogram, they find a small problem, what will you do? Right. I will tell you, Dr. Charles, start working on your body now. That is what I will do. Your preventive measures will start early. Yeah. Because if you start late, already you missed several years. These blocks in the blood vessels to the heart, they don't start overnight. They start as early as three to four years of age. Three so four years of age, age. meaning See, age. In children, in children, children. They found that this is this is, uh, this is important to hear from a heart surgeon. Yeah. Here, you know, not until fifty and then you find your block. This is like See, a, like a cancer. Is, it's been going on for nine years before you can feel a small pebble in it. Correct. You know? See, you know when you build a new house, you build a new, you put in a new drainage pipe. Right. Everything looks good, but you take all precautions so it doesn't clog. But search after four years, five years you will find some deposits in spite of your precautions. Right. Suppose you don't take precaution, something will get inside, some cloth or something get blocked. If you remove it, it's not become totally normal. Still there are small deposits. So that you take precautions so that they don't worsen. Right. Similarly, they found in children who died in accidents, when they did post-mortem, they found there are already blocks in the arteries. Really? The heart is pumping at a pressure of 120, 110 against the blood vessels. Over a course of time, the blood vessel will get damaged a little bit in spite of the best mechanisms of the body has to repair them. Deposits will stop. You take a syringe and uh, with a syringe you push saline against a wall with force. After some time, in the best of the walls will start showing damage. Same thing happens to the blood vessels for years. So they started at the age of three to four years. 
depending upon the risk factors you have. Suppose you have a diabetes, high blood pressure, you are obese, you are sedentary, very st stressful, high cholesterol level, have a genetic influence, you are eating bad food, deposits will grow fast. Oh, you are talking about me. You see, because this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is what has been happening. And uh, can come into all what you're saying, uh, the CD scan report, yeah. CT angiogram, report angiogram. says, okay, 70% block. Now, this is a two-dimensional report. Okay. How does that determine? Because I was told when my, when my cardiologist saw it, he said, don't worry, Charles, yeah. CT scans overread. Yeah. You must have an angiogram. Yeah. And the angiogram tells you there's a 70% block. How do you decide, okay, I'm going to stand this patient or I'm going to go for heart surgery. I'm a surgeon. Yeah. I opted for heart surgery. How do you decide that? It's an excellent question. This is a major confusion among patients. See, it is not like maths. One plus one is equal to two. In this, lot of medicine is, requires a lot of the experience behind it. You, you know that proverb, never go to a new surgeon and a old barber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because the theory is different from the practice. But in general, there are some guidelines to help us out. For example, the block is, there are three blood vessels to the heart. Well, this is how the heart looks. Actually, it is on the left side of the chest, left of the breastbone, size of a closer fist. And uh, this has got three blood vessels on the heart to supply blood. One on the front, this is called left anti-descending artery. And on the left side, this is called left circumflex artery. And on the right side here, there's the red thing that is called the right coronary artery. These arteries, start from this big blood vessel that takes blood from the heart to the body. This is called aorta. And from here, the right comes directly from here. And the rest of the two start as one blood vessel called left main coronary artery, which goes behind this vessel and divides into two branches. And these divide further, supplying many branches throughout the heart. So these three carry all the oxygen blood to the heart. And whenever there is a block in one of these blood vessels, that is when people develop what is called angina, are heart attacks. That means there is a block in this blood vessel. The blood is coming up to here but not able to go beyond that and this muscle is crying for the blood. If it is something that is happening over a course of time then they get some chest pain while they walk because heart rate goes up and this muscle wants more blood supply. Yet rest this blood supply is enough through the block but when they walk they require more blood supply and sometimes this block suddenly this whole muscle dies. This is called heart attack. Where is the obtuse? Yeah. When you say there, see for technical things, we give the names. For example, this is called left handed descending artery that supplies 50% of blood supply to the heart. And it gives branches. These are called diagonal arteries. And there are some branches that go into the heart called septal branches of the LAD. And now, similarly, the one on the left side called circumflex artery, it gives branches called obtuse marginal branches. For example, you see here. The blood vessel, the angle here is obtuse. That's why they call obtuse marginal branches. Yet the end, it divides into what is called postrolateral branches. Because it is the posterior side of the heart and the lateral side is called postrolateral branches of left circumflex. Similarly, the, for example, this right coronary artery is there. When this is coming, there is a branch that comes from here. It is called acute marginal branch. When it comes down, it divides into multiple branches two important are posterior descending artery it goes here on the inferior side of the heart posterior descending artery and there is one more branch called posterolateral branch of the right coronary artery usually it is the blocks in the major blood vessels LAD 
circumflex and the right coronary artery that are more dangerous. As the branches become smaller and smaller, they become like 0.51 millimeter. The blocks in there can produce small heart attacks, but rarely they produce risk to the life. So when you do a triple bypass, yeah. where would you put your... Yeah, generally. Uh, generally. Yeah, generally. See, suppose the LAD, we put one to the LAD, one artery from here, inter memory artery, and then to the right coronary artery, sometimes a vein from here to the right coronary, or to the posterior descending artery. That is, it's the most important branch. Yeah. And one from here to the obtuse marginal branch, we put it. Right. So generally, when we say three blood vessels, they have blocks called triple vessel disease. When we put three grafts for all these, it is called a triple bypass. Sometimes this diagonal branch, or there may be two, three branches on this side, two branches on this side, which are big. Any blood vessel that is 1.5 millimeter or more, if it is blocked, we can do bypass surgery. Some people have five bypasses, six bypasses, but there are only three major vessels. That is because we bypass to the blocks in the branches of these blood vessels also, diagonal, and two or three, OM2, OM3, postural like that. So depending on the size of the vessel that is blocked, so heart is here on the left side of the chest, pumping blood to the whole body. And this is a muscle. It requ also requires glucose, oxygen, all the nutrients. So what does it, what it does is, when it is pumping good blood, oxygen blood to this major vessel, it supplies first blood vessels so that it stays healthy right. to support the body. This front and the left side one come as one from this called left main and divides into two blood vessels. And the right comes from here. Suppose there is a block in the right somewhere here, are in the left-handed descending vessel here and the circumflex somewhere here and the heart function is good and it is a small block like you see length is only say about three or four millimeters five millimeter but the block is 80 90 percent you can put a stent right. put a balloon inside like angiogram you put a balloon inside yes. inflate it so the blocks get expanded right. and then put a spring inside called stent that right. helps but for example you have a block in the left main Stenting right. is dangerous. Right. Similarly, this front vessel is called a widower's vessel. Yes. This vessel supplies 50% of the blood supply to the heart. These two supply 25-25%. Yet the beginning, suppose this gets narrowed, if you put a stand, the failure chance is high and it gets blocked, people can die. Right. This and this can excuse us, but not this but and the left main. So if there is a block in the left main or a block in the beginning part of this, for example, there are multiple blocks in the blood vessels, any of these vessels. Because you can put in one stent, two stents, sometimes three stents. Yes. But each stent has got a chance of re-stenosis, right. inherently. Right. You put one stent, 5% block. You put two stents, it becomes actually 15%. Each okay. one within 5-5, five, five, but together the cumulative effect becomes more. So you put five stents, in six months you are going to come back for surgery and you spend lots of money now, there is no point. So there are multiple blocks. And there is, there is a major vessel which if it gets blocked, person can die. Already patient has got a heart attack, heart is weak. In those people, you do angioplasty, the long-term survival is less compared to the results of the surgery. Right. Yeah. So the, now the cardiological society, European cardiological society, American cardiological society, they are given clear-cut indications that only when the blood vessel, single vessel is blocked, <coughs> somewhere in the mid, then you can try angioplasty. But if there are multiple blocks, heart function is weak, in the left main there is a block, then they better go for surgery, unless there is a high risk with surgery. Sometimes people are say about 80-90 years, right. kidney is not working well, or the lungs are not working well, there are blocks to the blood vessels to the brain. In that situation as a bailout procedure you may do one or two stents, 
that is how once we do angiogram we know how many blocks are there where are they how serious are they and uh, what is the condition of the patient's body based on these things to make a decision whether you should go for bypass or thank you uh, let me just take this further <clears throat> now let's say one vessel has got a block 75 percent block and you put a stent and the other two are pristine pristine meaning nice and clear now I know yeah. a, a relative who has that yeah. and they say, I'm fine. Yeah. What is the chance of the other two getting blocked? I mean, over a period, I mean, you know, it looks yeah. beautiful. Uh, see, I've seen the angiograms. Yeah, yeah. But you have to remember, mm. we are looking at the shadows. The tests which we have today are not perfect. Science is not perfect. We are going to get in future some more investigations mm. that can make things better. So unless there is a significant block, you may not, and as you said, sometimes there are like two dimensional views, they are not real views. Yes. So many times, as surgeon, they do ultrasound, they do x ray, they tell it is like this. When you go inside, it's totally different. Maybe the cancer is totally spread inside, right. which they, none of the tests have shown. So they underestimate the disease. If someone has got a block in one of the vessels, they are likely to get blocks in other vessels compared to anyone else. Right, okay, and that's a good point. That is very important. Yeah, because that's already a disease that's process. Already disease. So it doesn't happen only one area. I keep telling my patients, body is full of blood vessels. Right. If someone has got a block in the heart, they may have blocks in the brain too, in the kidneys too. But where it is severe, they develop a problem. The severity is more here, they develop a heart attack. If severity is more here, they develop a paralytic stroke. If severity is more in the kidney, kidney will fail. If severity is more in the eyes, they lose the vision. If someone has a block in one blood vessels, they definitely have disease in other blood vessels too. Okay. So don't think that if someone has a single vessel, I mean it's very good compared to someone who has got three blood vessels. Definitely it's an advanced disease. But remember, you are not far away from them. Okay. Well, that's this is uh, very important because I find that a number of people ask these questions, you see. Yeah. And they battle with this, uh, I'm going to go for stents because it's less invasive than, you know, having an open heart surgery. Yeah, sure. But um, but coming to talking about bypass surgery, I mean, I had my bypass one and a half years ago. Um, it was a shock to me, um, total denial. Uh, always thought that I'm okay, everything is fine, you're a doctor, you know, that kind of thing. But it was the most traumatic experience, uh, you know, lying on the table and getting shaved from my neck to my ankle, I felt like, you know, this was the first time I'm coming being born and, uh, and totally numb, you know, and I want to ask you that, uh, does it matter whether you got triple vessel disease or single in the sense of the number of vein grafts, I'm coming to vein grafts now, um, I had my saphenous vein grafts taken for my thigh, four, four incisions. And I do vein surgery, varicose vein yeah. surgery. And I know that if I put my catheter in, yeah. slight rubbing on the vein, I've got a thrombus going on. So tell me, the number of vein grafts that are put in. I know my the guy who was sitting in the next room, he had four bypass. Okay. I had three. Somebody else I know had five. Does it really matter how many vein grafts you put in? Yeah, yes, it matters. It matters. See, it is like the extent of disease we have. That means someone has got three blocks, four blocks, five blocks, the disease is already a little more advanced than someone who has got one or two blocks. So they have to take more precautions and they have to be more stringent about their lifestyle, number one. And number two is, you know, the beauty in nature is, we think we are doing a great job as doctors and engineers, but remember, at no time we are anyway 
close to the nature's designs. For a block in an artery, you take the vein from the leg and put them there to bypass. You know, see, the artery is working under pressure of 125. Its structure is meant for that. Whereas the veins, the pressure is only say 3, 5, 10 millimeters of mercury. Yet that pressure, you bring that one and put under a stress of 120 by 80 millimeters of mercury. Some people are hypertension, so 180, 160. Imagine a child doing an adult's work. What happens to them? You are worrying me. <laughs> no, no, what I mean to say I, I, is, no, no, but see, that's why, not to worry you, what I want to tell you is, whatever has happened, has happened. We cannot do anything. But if you take precautions these days, these vein grafts also can work for 15 years, 20 years. My father underwent bypass surgery with vein grafts in 91. That time, internal memory was not popular here. And today it is, for the past 20 years, he's doing fine. He, but he takes medicines regularly. He does walking. He watches his food. Precaution, what is there in the book, he follows. And he is now close to 90 years. Wonderful. Yeah. So what I mean to tell you is, right. it gives you warning signals. It tells you, Dr. Charles, so far it's okay. You took things for granted. But now watch out. You take precautions, I will take care of you. You still go in the same path as before, you take things for granted. I had blocks, fortunately doctor saw that, he did bypass, I said, no, I'm close to normal. You think? Then we are going to face trouble again. Right. Some of these people who undergo bypass surgery, that's why they come back for second time, third time operations. So your party have to take care. But if you ask me, Dr. Gokhale, I'm taking all the pressure. I lost 18 kilos weight, you said, from 182 kilos. You are taking medicines, you are talking, you are watching your food. But can you assure me that I won't get to have a problem? Right. I'll be alright for the next right. 30, 40, what God has given me. Right. There is no way anyone can assure because multiple factors work. We do not know what exactly is the reason for these blocks to increase fast. Only in 60% of the cases we know diabetes is responsible, obesity is responsible, the food you eat is responsible. In 40% of my patients, they are thin, non-diabetic, no high blood pressure. And they do meditation, they do walking regularly, and they don't eat non-vegetarian, very clear. We do not know. See, there are many mechanisms. They all play, multiple things play a role, and the end result is this. So when we tell a patient, it's not that we tell you, just walk, do, do this. Depending upon the factors you have, we have to advise you that you have to do work harder, you have to be, cut down stress a little more, you have to modify your lifestyle for sure, not just modify, you have to change your lifestyle. So depending upon the factors which are playing in our body. But the most important thing is, once you work on these things, you can stay healthy, have an excellent quality of life, and you enjoy this beautiful world. Do what you have come for. But here in India, Younger and younger people are getting affected. I have done a 22-year-old person underwent bypass surgery with me. I'm sure that would not happen anywhere in the, uh, America or Australia, just like that. We have done a few cases. Okay. At least 30-40% of my patients are below the age of 50 years. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, there are certain issues. In India, the arteries are small and we have some problem like uh, good cholesterol levels are low and the type of food we are eating is days. Previously, we were suffering from malnutrition, undernutrition. Now, the food, the, the improving economy, people right. are eating too much. 
I can see, relate to that. Yeah, yeah. I see, the way you that. said, no, biryani, once you stop, you can't stop it. Yes. It's so delicious. Yes. But, but then, you know, see, all the good things in the world are dangerous to us. How did you end up with the doctor? First of all, you never had chest pain? No, because what happened was I had high blood pressure. Huh. And, uh, and I was putting on weight. So they changed my blood pressure drugs. And I was operating and I didn't like the side effects of this Novax. And, uh, and I was going to go to England with my two sons. And I said, listen, thank God I'm a doctor. I think it was a layman. Today there will be no interview. Yeah. Sure. And I said, I want to see my heart. Yeah. And the cardiologist said, look, Charles, we have tried everything. We better have an angiogram. And that's how, when I looked at the report, I was numb. Shocking. 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 What on earth is this? You know? And I guess it's... You know, it, it, it was uh, God's intervention in my life. I think so. I think so. But, but tell me, sir, if yeah. that report came to you, yeah. um, what, what would you tell me as a patient? Yeah. I would tell you, look at this Dr. Charles. You have got many blocks in the heart. How old are you now? 60. I've just 60. 60. 60. As I said, even doctors do not know that they have to go for regular checkups after 40 years. Right. You see, you see this? You see, we keep telling so many to the patient, even we others do not know about it. So you already missed the boat a little bit, but it's good that you found it now. You got multiple blocks in the blood vessels, but that means you got a quite extensive disease. That is a negative side. But the positive side here is, see, your heart is working very well. See, one of the most important things for people to live longer is the, how is the heart function. If you had a major heart attack, heart function from 60% has come down to say 25, 30% they will not live as long as the people with a good heart function. With the, you, so you have a good heart function. 65% so Fortunately, heart is not damaged. And you have multiple blocks which are found in time. So you need to go through bypass surgery for this thing so that you can stay healthy for the next few decades provided you take care of yourself. And do not look at other options. Many people think that People like this, multiple blocks, we can try medical management, we want to avoid surgery, we want to go for angioplasty, we want to try alternative medicines. Right. There are many alternative treatments that are available in other specialties. But remember, the treatment of coronary artery disease has been very scientific. Thousands of papers have been published on, on coronary artery disease. It is one of the very few topics that have underwent extensive studies in the whole of medicine. So with all this scientific background, don't go for alternative medicine, which may work, but which do not have enough scientific data. If you want to try on myself, if I want to try on myself, I want to take the proven treatment, not some experimental. I go for experimental when proven treatments are not possible for me. So for you, surgery is the best option. And we will try to take a mammary artery from here. It's yes, called thoracic artery. Yes, put it to the vessel on the front. And when you have, suppose people have two blocks or three blocks, and non-diabetic, we can try both intramammary artery. But someone who is a diabetic, who is obese, who has got so many blocks, it's very difficult to revascularize with all arteries. So we generally use one artery, and the remaining we take a vein from the leg and put it there. And the artery will work for a long time. The 10-year working of this artery, which I said intramammary, is about 98 to 99%. That means in 100 people at the end of 10 years, this artery is still open, doing very well. Whereas the veins, they have about 10-20% failure by the end of 10 years. Provided you take good precautions, they can stay open for long. For about 10 years back, for example, these veins were closing very fast. 
those days people were not taking precautions they were not controlling diet they were not doing exercise they were not watching their blood pressure diabetes but a lot of education went on into this now people are very careful about their health so that's why these weight graphs in the end of 15 years 20 years they are working very well so that's why for you you have to go through the surgery which is traumatic no doubt about it but afterwards you take all the precautions which you have been talking about and then go for don't forget that you have to go for checkups once in a year after this in between you may go for medical management make sure your blood pressure is under control these days for blood pressure and diabetes it is very easy to control at home because you got those small equipment automated things which you can check and adjust and once you do that every year you need to check your lipid profile you have to check your uh, treadmill ecg treadmill test and do a echocardiogram to see how the heart functioning many a time people with the diabetes they think our sugar is under control with the medicines so we should have the medicine that is what they tell me your sugar is under control because you have taken medicines your graphs are working because you have taken medicines but you never know still it is inbuilt in the nature that the blocks will slowly progress today we have some treatments to bypass the blocks to open them up but in the recent past some drugs like statins have come which have shown to cause a regression of the lesions to some extent in future some more drugs will come which will cause a regression but until then you have to take all these precautions when you do a ct angiogram for example i'm told that you have a lot of dye and they like to find out where the openings are for the crafts and you're exposing yourself when should i do it 2 years 5 years because my surgeon tells me wait till you have a clinical sign exactly i tell you see <clears throat> remember blocks do not mean that you develop a heart attack blocks doesn't mean that you, you take about 70 years person 100 people do angiogram 90% of them have blocks 20% 30% 60% it is an aging process it is an aging process the deposits will happen from the age of 2 years 3 years they will progress but the progress should be slow so when you do a ct angiogram it shows you blocks in all the small bubbles 1 mm 0.5 mm those things may show it doesn't mean anything we cannot do they are the medical problem we already know that you have a problem the major blood vessels as you said the three blood vessels on the front they are about 2 2.53 and they feed all the small vessels if there are blocks there we can do something for the small vessels the drugs we are taking is enough so when you do a ct scan you find some blocks you start getting worried but you we can't do anything why getting into trouble when you cannot do anything so that's why i said every year you should go through a treadmill now for example first time you do a treadmill it's normal and after 3 years the treadmill is positive that means the disease has progressed that is when i will put you through a ct angiogram the symptoms are the treadmill and the echo shows that disease is advanced then i put you otherwise don't bother getting it done and you asked one question sometime back someone who are normal see going for angiogram always people get worried i have to get to the hospital and then all these inpatient hospital is always a hospital people don't like to go there but a ct angiogram is a simple test you go like a scan they do less than a minute to do the test you just go there from office get it done and go back home to the office to do your work after one hour but so people think that if you do ct angiogram i can find out disease very early but again don't go that far people who have got multiple risk factors obesity hypertension family hypertension history. diabetes right. family history high cholesterol some there are some risk factors 
diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, hypertension. These are all major risk factors. Obesity, start of If you have at least two of these things, then you should go for these things yearly, even though you don't have symptoms. Get it properly checked. Get, get it checked out. Okay. But if you have one risk factor, you do not have symptoms, just try to control it. You don't have to go through that. You just go through a treadmill, those things are enough. So CT angiogram has got a lot of the radiation. Once you go through a CT angiogram, better not go through another CT for the next 3-4 years. It gives you so much radiation. Right. So, so, better so better wait either in develop symptoms or one of these basic tests, simple non-invasive tests we call them, a treadmill test, echo, ECG, those things show that previously they were okay, now there is some deviation. Then you go for this test. Coming to a heart bypass surgery, I've had my bypass and the night before surgery was the most difficult for me because I wrote four letters to my family and addressed them to one to my wife Monica, to my two, three children, Jeremy, David, Sarah, wrote a letter and the morning of the surgery I gave them each this letter because I'm not a heart surgeon but they think I'm going for an appendicectomy, see they don't know the seriousness of it, it's not tell me sir, having done thousands and thousands of open heart surgery. What is the risk for those who are listening in of heart bypass surgery? What is the risk factor in the surgery itself? Oh yeah. See, <clears throat> there's nothing in life is 100% safe. Every day we walk on the road, we are taking a risk. Sometimes we cross busy roads. In fact, we are taking much more risk than most of the surgical procedures. So if someone tells you that, okay, you are going to go through surgery, you are going to be 100% safe. I have done 10,000. But if, if I tell someone that you are going to be 100% safe, I know of surgeons, but first thing is don't trust them, they are not telling you the truth. Every procedure is associated with some risk. But then we have to balance, with the medical management the risk is there 50%, with surgery the risk is 2%, which will you choose? I will choose the surgeon. But having said that, the moment you say surgery, it is very stressful to the family and to the patient. But then, this is the best we can do to save the people. If everything is fine, people do not have, they are not less than say 70-75 years of age and they are not very obese and then the other organs are working alright, kidney, brain, lungs, everything is working alright and the heart function is good, then the risk is less than 2%. That means 98% of people have to go through the physical, psychological trauma but they will come out, do well, take care of their family, take care of their life, enjoy this one. But two out of, which one out of those hundred, we cannot tell. But there may be a reaction to the drug, and the bypass grafts may block, they may have bleeding tendency, and anything can, they may have a paralytic stroke. Two out of hundred can have complications. That we have to make sure that the patient attendants understand. Especially attendants understanding is very important. Because patients, if they are fine, they don't question. If they are not fine, they don't question. But the attendants have to understand. And I always tell the people that, when someone advises you to go through a bypass surgery and angioplasty, just don't do that. You know the surgeon, you know the doctor very well. But take a second opinion. Always take a second opinion because there are some borderline cases where medical treatment may be give equally good results. But the experienced person may be able to tell you that. Whereas someone who is young with a lot of knowledge, a lot of enthusiasm may overdo things. That's why I always tell my patients, I think you should go through surgery, that's my feeling. But you always have a right to take a second opinion. Take an angiogram CD, go to another doctor, maybe one of his patients suggests, or you heard about him, 
someone who has been there for a long time in the place and practicing, take one more opinion. And only you get convinced before you jump. But that is very, very important. I have a scar. And you know, they, we used to have this cowboy program those, those days when I was called Have Gun Will Travel. <laughs> so now I've got this, I have scar will travel, you know, yeah. everywhere I go. <laughs> I still get pain. One and a half years, two years ago. And, and I go into the internet and they're all saying, oh, it's just two months, doctors say six weeks, you can do what you want to do. And when I cough and sneeze, I get this pain. And my children think I'm putting on it. Yeah. Daddy, it's already one and a half years. And I say, no. Yeah. Now tell me this surgical scar. Yeah. I mean, is this pain for the rest of my life or is it a... That's a very, very important question you asked, Chavez. Because see, this is the reason why we keep talking about minimal exercises these days. See, the first open heart surgery really started in 1953. It's a relatively recent. It's not like a plastic surgery, you know. It is there before crash. It is right. probably one of the first things, skin grafting was the, probably the first surgical maneuver that was done in the history. Right. That was the actual first transplant that was done too. Yeah. But you know, the surgery is millions of people have survived. But remember, we cut a pore and we, we stitch the skin. And once you do that, especially the skin here, you know very well that it's more prone for keloids. Yes, here I, as have, it, I have it. Yeah. yeah, here as well as there. Yeah. And people come to me after years, Dr. Gokhale, see, you saved my life, but I'm suffering this problem. I can only say, I'm sorry. This is the best I can do at this stage. Because all the heart operations are going through this till now. So about 10% of the people develop hypertrophy of the scar, keli, and deep complaining about a year, two or three. Yeah, as you said, like your children, all the attendants think that, oh no, you are able to go to your movie, you are driving, you are doing everything. Right. But then when it comes to suddenly you say you have this, yes, some people have learned because this healing, this mechanism is totally unknown. Some people do, unfortunately, I cannot help, I can only assure them that your heart is fine, but they are having a real problem. That's why these days we are able to take this one more step forward, do what is minimal access surgery. Because any scar on the side of the chest heals much better. Yes, yes. And it doesn't produce keli. And these days for some people who are able to do this bypass surgery through a small incision below the nipple, through the intercostal space without cutting the ribs, without yes. cutting the breastbone. Yes. And these people, they are so happy. You should see some of them, they come back. You see that when I'm going for walking, people ask me, I underwent the surgery. They show me the scar, I have a lot of problems. When I show the scar here, they say that, no, no, I don't think that go to bypass surgery for you. <laughs> Just go get verified. Because it gives them so much satisfaction sure. that they don't have this problem. See, you know, science is advancing. As you go along, I'm sure in the future, some people can get done through a port. I keep telling the same thing to all my colleagues. Either 20, 30 years, 40 years from now, suppose 30 years, and if God permits I'm alive, my grandchildren come and say, when one of my patients comes and says, you know your grandpa did my surgery, look at this, he did my bypass, and say, I'm alive, then they would come and say, Grandpa, are you a butcher or a doctor? You made such a big scar on his body, you cut to do his surgery? Because by the time, all this will be controlled by medicines. And I'm sure some of the sure. minimally access things will come, like through a thoracoscope, robotic, you do the surgery, yes. send the person home in two, three days time, they go back to the work in about one week, 10 days time, with a lot of confidence, taking all the precautions. That is what we are going through. So we should never give up, we have a diabetes, well, we, what can we have to live with it? But if we manage diabetes, we can live like other people, enjoy the life. We have bypass surgery, not to worry. Already what happened, happened. 
but you can take the precautions so that your heart continues to be healthy but you have to work hard with other people because we miss the boat in the initial phase but they take the precautions do everything people say that don't hit that don't hit that it is true there is only a guideline so many patients ask me that go cry like button i like button biryani they say no no don't hit it stop it eat vegetarian then what's the point in living for 30 years if i don't eat what i like It is true. Let me shake your hand there. <laughs> it is true. It you, is, eat, is, uh, you eat, but cut down. Yeah. But cut down. Cut down. Previously, I was eating mutton every day. Make it twice a week. Enjoy your limitations because we are not meant to live in this world. I mean, not doing what we like. Your profession is stressful, but you still enjoy it. So maybe you do modifications so that you still enjoy the work part time. and probably take less stressful thing at rest of the time but do what you enjoy you are meant here to enjoy this world amen amen i want to just now slowly end by something that i've i've noted which happened to me which is a surprising sign of an unhealthy heart you know some say that uh, you can have neck pain or cystitis pain or whatever erectile dysfunction yeah i had that about 2 years before i was diagnosed as having uh, advanced heart disease Um so tell me how does that affect does it also affect the blood like you said it affect blood vessels everywhere because it really affected me and I didn't know what was the cause so now I know that I want people in fact my own urologist I said listen anybody coming in with erectile dysfunction more than 50 years get the guy checked out <laughs> <laughs> it is true it is true see there may be telltale signs like this erectile dysfunction someone having a little toothache without a tooth problem see people have talked about these things but you know for a cough there are 1000 reasons for cough erectile dysfunctions there are about 110 reasons for erectile dysfunction so anyone that's why i said anyone past 40 years of age even if you are everything is fine get your checkups done don't imagine yourself that you are fine that's it And finally, sir, the first book I bought after my heart surgery, I was in Kuala Lumpur, and I went to the bookstore. Was this book by Dr. Onish? We talked about reversing heart disease. And I, as a surgeon, I mean, they come to see me for beauty and cosmetic surgery, and they tell me, "Can you reverse this aging?" I say, "Nonsense. I can delay it. There are certain procedures that we can do to try and, you know, uh, prolong it. But no way I can reverse it." Now tell me honestly, as a heart surgeon, is there anything as reversing heart disease? The blocks in the blood vessels. You see, you have to understand the meaning behind it. When we are saying a reversing here, a block that is seventy percent is becoming fifty percent. Okay. Not the total disappearing, or that it becomes like a beautiful blood vessel of a three-year-old child. It's not like that. what we are seeing are shadows no one can go actually inside and see we are underestimating lot of disease suppose even sometimes you see angiograms people come with angiogram for surgery but i have a little doubt when i repeat an angiogram we found it is only 30% not 70% because depends upon which view you have taken right. and how much focusing has been done there lot of man made errors can happen estimating these things these are all visual not really technical most of the time but having said that i strongly believe that this is possible in blocks and arteries because you know what is that that is producing blocks here most of the time it is the fat deposits that are happening at the place 
And what happens whenever there is a fat trauma to the blood vessel, fat deposits. Yes. The next thing is scarring, fibrosis. If fat deposit, if there is a lot of soft fat there, it can look like 80%. If there is some way you can get it replaced with the hard fat, you can make it undergo fibrosis, then what 80% can become 50%. 50% is perfectly fine. You see, the nature, God has given us so much of a reserve. A 50% block, I'm not worried. 60%, I'm not worried. But if it becomes 80, 90%, the reserve is coming down. So what we are doing is not totally reversing, we are increasing the reserve. Okay. So it is possible, like right, the example I said, statics. They say meditation. The stress. Whenever you put the stress, a lot of catacombs are released. Vessels undergo spasm. What is 50% before, then it undergoes blood vessel narrow, it becomes a 90%. Right, right. So all these the things, stress, stress factors, and then there are, for example, the drugs that have come, all these things can, yes. And second thing is when you do some exercise, as you said sometimes, people develop collaterals. Yes, myself, you know, over the years. You know, see what happens when there is a soft block there, it can suddenly rupture. It may be 30% block, but it can produce heart attacks. So do you know many of the heart attacks are produced not by 80% blood but by 20-30% blocks? The soft fat, when the blood pressure is hitting it like that, suddenly it, it, it ruptures, then clot forms. And when we give streptokinase other drugs, then we angiogram, there is no block there. Why? Because the fat ruptured and produced the thrombosis. So suppose you can have a mechanism wherein the fat becomes fibrous rarely, or only hard fats are deposited, things like that, then probably we could do the reversal, which I think is possible. Right. We are increasing the reserve. We are not totally making it normal, but what we need to have is, a 80-year-old person already has, say, about 60% block. But how much work is he going to do? He is not going to job. He can, we can keep him alive, do well, enjoy, go to a movie, spend time with the grandchildren and probably go to a golf for a little while and just walking a little bit around. That blood supply is enough for him. So that's how so, we look at things. Yes, the heart diseases can be prevented. Yes, it is possible to reverse it. I'm sure I'm looking forward for the future. There are a few publications saying that these statins have reversed disease. Sometimes it can be the angiogram may not be right, it may show less, it may not be actually reversed in that particular case, but it is possible and with that hope I think we should leave, work hard, do what you want to do. So with that, yeah. I want to say thank you Dr. Allah Gopal Krishna Gokhale for doing hot talk with us. Thank yeah. you sir. Thank you very much, it's my pleasure and I hope many people will get benefited yes. I mean, uh, leaving all the misconceptions about these problems. Thank you sir. My precious. Good luck. Enjoying limitations. Because we are not meant to live in this world. I mean, not doing what we like. Your profession is stressful, but you still enjoy it. So maybe you do modifications so that you still enjoy the work part time and probably take less stressful thing at the rest of the time. But do what you enjoy. We are meant here to enjoy this world. Yeah. <laughs>